And now, live, from space, the 200% podcast, with Football365 Ian King, and Edward Carter. Open wide for some soccer! Hello pod fans and welcome to 200% podcast number 316. 316, I forgot again. 316. Well, while you're feverishly looking that up, I can say that 316 is of course the most famous Bible verse that there is. Right, okay. John 316, often uh, you'll see it being displayed particularly at american sporting events okay for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so it's it's like a little um pricey of the whole basis of christianity in case people have forgotten oh right okay yeah i was gonna say that kind of that's what it sounded like but that's what you get at sporting events but you do get it in this country Mainly in America, where people still believe in things. Yeah. People will hold up signs that say John 3.16. Fair enough. Whether or not they hold them up at sporting events with an attendance of 316 is another matter. Well, that's a, that's a very good question. This week's entry comes from the BGL League. If you think I'm saying league, weirdly, that's because we're in Luxembourg. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, okay. the uh, either the fourth of February or the no, it's the second of April. I think I'm not sure what way round they've got their dates. Generally speaking, most people have it the correct way round. Yeah. Anyway, and only only the Americans anyway, get get these things wrong. Four two seventeen. Interpret it as you wish. Um, Racing FC Union Luxembourg nil. FC Differdange 03 <laughs> 2. It's a good day for Differdange. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's Differdanger or Differdang. D I double F E R D A N G E. I'm never sure in Luxembourg. I think that they are Germanic. Generally, rather so than... So it's going to be Differdang. Francophone. Differdanger. But, but you, uh, I mean, Luxembourg's a, it, it's one of those unknown places, isn't it? Well, they've got a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so, I'm sure they have. Oh, it's Differdang. Differdang. Yeah, I think I, I think it's Differdang. Hmm. Differdanger. It's definitely Germanic. It's definitely German. I, I don't. I don't see Luxembourg becoming a world football power. They played in the Europa League on eighteenth of June, twenty thirteen. They defeated the Dutch club Utrecht in the first leg of the second qualifying round of the Europa League. Wow, that's got a sting. On the twenty fifth of July, twenty thirteen, they played a three three draw in the return, eliminating the Dutch club. So there you go, champions of oh, the former former name. 
Red Boys Differ Dang. <laughs> uh, they, they, they seem to have gone by that name as a merger of F.A. Red Boys Differ Dang and <laughs> A.S. Differ Dang. So, the more I find out about them, the more I like them. Yeah, they were all red. Oh, that puts me off them a bit. Uh, with kind of black stuff all stuff. over the... Yeah, all over I'll, the I'd like it if it were like polka dots. They would look like ladybirds. Um, I don't know. Let's see if I can find a replica shirt. <laughs> well, this podcast has started well, hasn't it? Yeah. It always ends up like this, though, doesn't it? It always ends up like this. What you you forget it? You forget that you've you got forget to it. We end do up having thing. to try and blag it, and, and then before you and before you know it, you're buying a replica shirt from a Luxembourg and Berg, bourgeois. I tell you what, right? A Luxembourgeois, I believe. Is it? How much is that? It's going to be really fucking expensive, isn't it? Oh no, I don't even know if that. That's not even for sale. Is it in Luxembourg pounds? It's no, it's not for sale. No, oh. it's just in a gallery. It's a shame because it's, it's a nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty four FC Differdanga shirt. You need to go to an FC Differdanga match Do and I hold, really? hold up a sign that doesn't say John three sixteen, but holds up a sign saying, "All right, Humbert, can I please have your shirt?" And if there is a player called Humbert, then he might give you his shirt. It, oh, it's it, look. It's basically a Hummel template. Oh, that's fair enough. It's not a completely plain one. It's got a one black sleeve with a red thing down the middle of it, oh, which goes okay. up to the collar and some other stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's a modern football shirt. That's the way of the world, isn't it? These days. Yes, it is. It sadly is. I tell you, who else wears a Hummel kit? This is quite a nice segue. Oh yeah, who's that? St Albans City. Yes. Clarence Park. Yeah. Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire. <laughs> we 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 were there. It's an FA Cup special this this week. We were there. We were there yesterday as we record at what is possibly the only cup upset of the FA Cup first round. Although worth pointing out that Mansfield Town did beat Sunderland. Um <laughs> But Sorry. Mansfield <laughs> Mans- Mansfield Town are still a league team, whereas yep. of course St Albans have broken something of a hoodoo and knocked out their first league team since the earth was a ball of glowing fire. Yeah, it's um the last time they beat a, a football league team in the FA Cup was in October 1924. Oh, so the, it, the, all of the world's mountains weren't actually yeah. just molten rock, but it feels like it might have been that long ago. Yeah, no, yeah, it was October 1924, and they beat Brentford in the in the fifth qualifying round. Wow. I think it they used to be like six qualifying rounds and then the F, what what's now the third round was the first round, I think. Ah, oh, well. So this is really the first time they've ever done it in the modern history of the FA Cup. I think they might have done it to somebody before. I'm not sure, but um but you know, they all I, I don't think it matters. It was the equivalent stage of the competition, just under a different name. And since then, Nothing. they have been... Well, you know, they, they've they got to second round replays twice. 
this. <laughs> I, I started going in the mid-1980s, I suppose, mid to late-1980s. And um, they, they, these two matches were talked about in kind of hushed tones. They played Walsall in 1968 and drew one all and lost the replay 3-1. Nuts. And in 1980, mm. they got to the second round again and they drew Torquay United. Oh. And they drew that game one all, oh. and they lost the replay 4-1. Oh. Well, that's a bit disappointing. i tell you what, right? That, that game against Torquay United, the reported crowd for that game was over 6,000. That's pretty now, good. Now, you were there yesterday and there were 4,100 in their capacity yep. by modern standards. Where on earth would they find the room to fit another 2,000 people in there? Well, uh, I can see how you could get a few more people in there, but 2,000 more, it's <laughs> going to be a little bit packed, isn't it? Another 50%. But that that's how many people were in there that day. I've only seen a couple of photos of it. And one of the photos that I've seen, you could actually see the bit of the crowd behind. It's actually kind of taken from the angle that we were standing at behind the goal diagonally across the pitch. And you can see the terrace, and it's clearly, it's almost bulbous. <laughs> there's so many people, there's so many people. Well, of course, the other it's... thing is, back then, there was also a tree to contend with. And, and a great big tree as well, yeah. I imagine the tree probably had four or five hundred people in it at various heights. I don't know, quite plausibly, I suppose. I mean, I can't imagine they would have been well prepared for it. Because my experience of St Albans City, and I first saw St Albans play, I think, 15 years ago, is that they're a rambunctious lot. Well-meaning, for sure, but rambunctious all the same. Well, it's such a strange thing, because that rambunctiousness is a relatively recent Addition, uh, you know, in in the overall scheme of things, when I first started going, and certainly the two seasons that I kind of went home and away, it was a very sedate, quite elderly crowd. Most of that lot have probably died off by now. Yeah. And you phoned this bloke, Steve Trulock, either the club secretary or the supporters' club secretary or whatever during the week and book your place on the supporters coach to the away game and the coach would tootle off and then it would tootle off again about an hour after the end of the match so everybody had a time to get a pint afterwards of course there weren't many of them maybe 40 or 50 were they this 40 or 50 old boys mostly I mean I was the youngest I should think by a mile okay I would have thought and I would have been 15, 16, 17, 8 you know 18 something like that I don't really think there was anybody else my age and there certainly wasn't really anybody else my age who I particularly wanted to talk to well there's certainly been a sea change in that now. But yeah, because within a couple of years, I started to get to know people who were going, um, who just started going. And there was quite a big influx between about sort of 1990 and 1992-3 sort of time. Yeah. There was a whole kind of new group of people started coming through and started going. The youths. Who, yeah, or either that or, you know, they, some of them might have transferred over from standing with their dads on the side or whatever. Or, you know, it became a different vibe. And and it still is one now. But at the same time, what I was really struck by was how many people I still recognised 
and whose names I knew. I didn't get a chance to say hello, really, to hardly anyone. It was pathetic. <laughs> At the same time, it was actually very difficult to speak to anybody. I mean, yeah. as, as anyone who's listening to this podcast will hear, it was a fairly febrile atmosphere. Um, yeah. Again, good-natured. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, in more or less 100% of the cases that I, I witnessed... But it was very, very loud. just after we moved and what I remember about it was that it was a very hot day and most people were sitting down Okay. and it had never occurred to me before that maybe at this place people sit on the terraces rather than stand on them you know I was 10 that's yeah and it was just such a different atmosphere in the middle of a park surrounded by trees to Enfield although Enfield's ground was in the middle of a park <laughs> and surrounded by trees. Yeah, but they were different trees. And I remember it vividly. Walton and Hersham won that game 2-0. And I think they had two players sent off. Oh, OK. I'm not sure on the details beyond that. Somebody had two players sent off. I think it was Walton and Hersham had two players sent off, but still won 2-0. And I've got a feeling that one of them might have been their goalkeeper as well. Oh, okay. It was like, at the end of the year before, Enfield had won the FA Trophy. This is what I come from. This is like the non-league team in my new town that we've just moved to. And they lose 2-0 to a team that have two players sent off, one of which is their goalkeeper. It couldn't have got any worse. Yeah. Um and I, I, I now, you know, I stand to be corrected on any of the details of that. It could be false memories that I've inflated over the year. The only thing that I could verify is that they definitely lost that game 2-0. Okay. 
because that's on the club's website. There's no details of it, but I, I actually looked it up. I was so confident that I looked it up, and I was like, yes. <laughs> so that was the first game I went to. And in the intervening 39 years, and it is worth bearing in mind that for the last 15 of them, I've been barely present. I have never seen anything like that game yesterday. And I mean that in several respects. Firstly, the crowd. Yeah. that's It was 4,100. And I don't think it's been that high before. I don't remember a sellout there. There was a couple of games they had more than 3,000 for that I went to in the 1990s. There were others that they had 3,000 for that I, I wasn't able to get to for varying reasons. To see that size of crowd inside the ground, and such a young crowd as well. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of children. As, a lot as, and, of and young people. A lot of young people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I know that the club has had very significant ties with its academy, uh, and I saw an interview with the manager Ian Allenson. He said that part of their increase in crowds this season has been tickets to their academy players which he's said it's paying for itself you know they get reduced tickets but they spend money inside the ground and they're the the next generation of supporters of the football club you know we started the day quite early at my house and we watched match of the day yeah for the purposes of anyone who's missing out on our usual digest of all of the uh, premier league issues i shall insert uh, some of the things that we were talking about here. Because the thing with that, though, is that Juan Bissaka is effectively playing as a fourth centre back. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at the total he's, lack of anticipation. There's, there's, None of them had, had ever conceived yeah. that anything like this there's could no, possibly happen. No, there's no shape. There's no shape to it, there's no form. <laughs> Well, that's just because everyone's running back as fast as they can. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> he wants to get on the score sheet. My favourite fact. <laughs> my favourite fact from last night's game is that Manchester United have more shots on their own goal than they did on Manchester City. <laughs> Do you remember when Manchester United used to have, like, really good defenders and stuff? Well, it was it's so was weird, weird wasn't it? You used to get this sinking feeling when Man United were playing. You, you used know, to go, oh, 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 TV, you go, oh, God, well, I know how this one's going to finish. Yeah. Whoever it was. Whoever it was. Bruce now, Pallister, whether it was um, Ronnie Johnson and yeah, 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 it was like, yeah, you knew what was coming, 90% of the Ferdinand time. Ferdinand and Vidic. But now it's this. <laughs> It's a I, I, I don't. I've got no idea what they think they're doing. Just watch Ronaldo. He's barely moving. I mean, nobody <laughs> <laughs> realizes it's gone in. The Man City supporters are all at the other corner of the pitch. They can't see from the. I I watched it and I was like, "What's going on? Is that a goal kick?" I was like, "Oh no, hang on a minute. No, the goal's in the, the goal's in the goal." That was like a glitch goal. That was like the sort of goal that yeah. happens on Pez. Yeah, you get a goal like that in FIFA and you're like, oh, God, that's not realistic. This is what I think video games. Oh, he's at the wheel. He's at the wheel. 
Barney Roney on this game in the Guardian this morning was unbelievable. With 56 minutes gone, as Manchester City's players pinged and tickled the ball around, 2-0 up and basically doing a yoga workout, a team conger in the Manchester United half. Jaden Sancho went to press Kyle Walker, looked behind and saw Luke Shaw 40 yards away watching with an expression of vague interest. <laughs> Sancho raised his arm and began to shout a complaint. He reined himself in. The forward is 20 years old and yet to carry out a single significant act in a United shirt. He has, though, played at the Dortmund School of Science. He has trained with Pep Guardiola. He has a basic modern footballer's understanding of positions, the stuff you learn from FIFA 21 or screenshots on Twitter from a Papua New Guinea blogger. Sancho could see it. His manager, well, he was standing 30 yards away, motionless in skinny black suit and club anorak, staring out with that familiar look of bafflement, a man feeling the day slide away from him once again, still there at the wheel, still crashing in the same car. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> I, I tell you what, that's got to be what you aspire to, isn't it? If you're writing about football. <laughs> and this shit is whack. What? Norwich and... Daniel Farker. <laughs> I like Daniel Farker. He is extremely German. He is extremely German. Um, I don't know what happens to him now. Go to Newcastle. Oh, a bit late for that, I suppose. So, um, hang on. Is there some breaking news that I don't know? He got sacked. He got sacked? Last night. What? <laughs> First win what? in 11 games. And he got sacked last night. As Judy has lost her mind. So, yeah, well, you know, it's getting close to Christmas. Maybe she's going to mince him up and put him in a pie. <laughs> <laughs> German pie. Yeah. Delia's breakfast special. It's got sultanas in it. <laughs> And hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still reeling. I only only just discovered that. I just I thought that they were, you know, they were going to persist. Well, that's it's, the thing. They they were giving it all that a couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks ago. He's, because yeah, I fucking he's taken, about it. He take he's taken them up twice. He's yeah, I accept he's taken them down once. Yeah, but okay. Well, they got like Even if they get relegated this season, he's, he's still, you know, a neutral, you know, he's still in credit. Maybe they need a bit of Neil Warnock. Oh, God. Gow! I want to get to the Brighton game. I want to get angry again. There he is. He's at the wheel. He's got one up front at home against the worst team in the he's league. He's got a distinctly trampish. <laughs> Well, the beard is. About him now, isn't it? The beard's very, very uh, prominent now. Oh, God. Fucking stop just passing it a bang. Honestly, get the fucking thing forward. Oh, get it forward, you bell ends. Score a goal! Ugh. You watched this last night. Well, I, don't I did. Why you're putting yourself through it again? Well, giving it the naught up front against the worst team in the league. What is that? 
I'm not a great believer in trust the process. I trust the process up until there's a game, and then I want to win and the then game. You stop trusting the process. Well, I want to win the game. You know, if it turns out that this was just a necessary step along the way to turning Brighton into a European football powerhouse, then you know, yeah, we'll probably forget this and just and I say I'll put it down to the fact that I was at that time trusting the process. But I just want history <laughs> to remember the fact that I, at this point. I'm pissed off. They just they aggravate me. Why are they like they are like? <laughs> but just throw a fucking yell. You see, the thing is, I've got no. I've actually, I've got no problem. I've got no problem with that move per se. I mean, obviously, the finish could have been better. But what that box needs in it is somebody who you want to pass it to more than you want to pass it to Adam Lallana. What you need in there is someone who can do a goal. Um, I don't know who... I mean, who's got... Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> he, I mean, it's well known that he wants out of Bayern Munich. Yeah, well, that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? You, you know... You, 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 what? You, <laughs> you see, you can you can think of no good reason why Robert Lewandowski shouldn't sign for Brighton and Nobel. I can think of several hundred thousand reasons a week why he wouldn't. <laughs> well, if that's if that's all that interests him, then I feel sad um, well, because I, the... I, I think that it's their job. They have a finite career. I think that they're entitled to maximise their earnings from this period because there are no guarantees of what will happen. Yeah, but has he not already made enough money? Well, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know what he's worth. Unless he's you know, done a Paul Merson and jizzed it literally all up the wall. Well, you don't, you don't know, that's the thing. You know, he might be worth £200 million. If you divide that over 40 years... Kind of becomes a bit less. You know? <laughs> well, I suppose so. But then again, he's he's Robert Lewandowski, so after yeah. he retires, yeah, but, you know, he can make himself a career yeah, as a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah, media yeah. career in Poland yeah. or Germany. Yeah, or... no, yeah, he probably could. But like I say, you know, you don't work to the principle that oh well, it don't matter, so I'll go and sign for Bright. <laughs> so, you know. I'm starting hey, a campaign. His, if, if, I, you know, if he was going to go back to his hometown team, say, not Brighton. No, well, I'm aware that Robert Lewandowski is not yeah. from Brighton. Or the team where he started his career, then that, that I would understand. But just some random Premier League team. Then, with military precision, train, Brighton, another train, and then heavens to Murgatroyd, there we were. In St Albans, and I think yeah. essentially we did a, a a little royal tour. It was just like the route that I was very familiar with. If I was going into St Albans on a Saturday lunchtime, and this would be the same if I was a kid or if I was an adult, you'd start out at the Maltings, do a loop, do the length of St Peter's Street, and then by the other by the time you're at the other end, okay, you're probably done. Yeah, with everything you need. And then you might be going to the football. Yeah. Or then you might be going back to one of the pubs that are down there. Well, so it's yeah. a kind of conven it's a convenient loop to make. The uh only problem that we had early on 
was trying to find something to eat because obviously there's been a certain amount of gentrification in St Albans and where there once stood Burger King's is is and McDonald's is 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 yeah, is I've... now Itsu and uh, which you know fair play I like a bit of Itsu but that, yeah that... I mean I, I I it was it was very striking to me that uh, unless I missed it you know. Oh, you can't the, miss them. The, McDo- the McDonald's, the Burger King, and the KFC had all gone. All from gone. St. Peter's replaced Street. by healthier options. Re- replaced by well, there's a Five Guys that was open well, today. Yeah. That's that's the healthier Con- option, though, isn't it? Is a yeah. burger place that's not open. There was uh, an Itsu. Yeah. I mean, there was a pub that had a menu that just made my shoulders slump. Yeah. And then. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There's that place. There's the 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 Baltimore Barn near the Civic Centre, which is like this yeah. this really ancient pub, bar, bar place. It's it's been there. It, it was there when I was ten. The Baltimore Barn, you know, and actually on the inside, it's barely changed. I think I've been there before, actually. Plausibly, it's a chain pub in this particular yeah. case from the chain Weatherspoons. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't uh, know it was a weather. We did. We, neither of us particularly <laughs> relished that, but we we both wanted to eat something before we got oh, stuck in. I was I was so fucking hungry by that time. I yeah, so, so we hungry. decided we were going to sock it to the man from within by giving him money. But in fact, we ended up socking it to the man in a, in a different way altogether. Thanks, Brexit. <laughs> I know, right? Now, what else? What, what did, um, what were you going to have to drink? A pint. Okay, go on then. What do you want? Pint um, what? Bud Light, Pilsner, Foster's. Oh, Foster's, ideal. A breakfast lager. Foster's? Yep. Food. This is going very well so far. Food. Okay, right. What sort of food do you want then? Um, burgers. Burgers? Yeah. Okay. We're going to have something, something with meaty goodness. Okay. We're going to sock it to the right. men. Oh, actually, we could scrub your... The colon? Take that off there for now. Okay. Edit. All right. We're going to take the fosters off, though. Okay. Have you got a brilliant idea? Yeah, I'm not going to get you. I'm not going to get you. You can have a... You can have a six-ounce beef burger, a yep. fried buttermilk chicken burger, a garlic chicken breast burger, a skinny chicken burger, a breaded vegetable burger, a Beyond burger. Yeah, well, let's face it. Um, you can have a Tennessee beef burger. Out of stock, That's... out of stock, out of stock. Why? It says out of stock. All the ones under there are all out of stock. Yeah, for those two, the veggie burger and the Beyond burger. Yeah. You're not going to want any. No, I'm not going to want them. But let's get back to the ones at the top. Let's just keep it so straight forward and simple. So you just want the cheap, you just want a cheap one, yeah? Uh, what have we got? Six ounce, go. six ounce burger. With yeah, alcoholic with drink. alcoholic drink. Perfect. Hang on a minute. This is my meat. Oh, no. Are they basically just out of stock of all food? Oh, no, no, no. You can have a skinny chicken burger. What? That's it, right. Pub classic. Look at any food at all. They don't have any food at all. <laughs> <laughs> they have no food at all. 
you can't pin that one on me. Let's just go no. with the <laughs> I'll tell you something. There's a hubris in coming into a Weatherspoons and they've got no food. Yeah. Because we all know why they haven't got any food. Yeah. Because there's uh, been terrible trouble with trucks and yeah. delivery chains. and Nothing to do with Brexit. Go on, let's go. So in a way, we are socking it. Yeah. They had... They had Not like, a scrap. No, there was one scrap, wasn't there? They, they were they were doing one type of burger. Oh, yeah, skinny chicken that's, burger. Yeah, yeah, that's how I knew it wasn't like, oh, they just haven't got any staff or whatever. This was like, no, they haven't got any fucking ingredients is what's going yeah, on. Yeah, they've run out of the constituent <laughs> parts of meals. They haven't yeah. even got a parsley garnish anymore. Who, who knows what the problem was? But I, I was glad to have an excuse to get out. I'll say that much. I was glad to have a, a reason to not be in there anymore. And it no, worked. It, it all worked out in the end. We managed to find something to eat, albeit in a pub where they, they were watching the Arsenal game. Yeah. And then off to the ground, past your old college, your yeah. old sixth form college, your Just old stomping shrunk. ground. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a sixth form college. It was... Um, Further education college. An FE college. Yeah. Distinction being that, A, it was far larger than a sixth form college. And secondly, that actually a very large number of its students weren't doing academic subjects. There were a lot of people doing foundation courses and building technology courses and all this sort of thing. HNDs, all this sort oh, of thing. Yeah. It was exciting times. Absolutely massive, massive place. It, it, well, the whole thing was massive. It, I was taking. It was like a university campus. I couldn't. I really think I, I'm. I'm doing this off the top of my head, and I might be wrong about this, but I think that across the four campuses, because they had two more in Bournemouth and Well and Garden City, I think across the four campuses there were twenty-seven thousand students, and I think it was either the largest FE college in England or the largest largest FE college in the south of England or something like that. In the whole It was fucking gargantuan. World. We did a student union magazine, you know, that I was the editor of. And <laughs> we used to have to get like 6,000 copies of it printed. They would just fly out. It was it was it was almost like this huge captive audience. It was really really twenty one thousand philistines. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's 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 good. Trust me, as any anybody who's ever tried to sell a student newspaper will know that that's how good those fucking numbers are. But yeah, but because yeah, it was these four completely disparate campuses that never kind of you know never seemed to really meet each other that much. It turned out to be a good way of sort of building links between them because uh, the student unions were... We put a student union rep on uh, on every campus. And now it's all flats. Who knows what the fuck it is now? How the world's changed, the world's changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely looks as if... It definitely looks as though that college is now in... If not entirely flats, then almost entirely flats. <laughs> The only thing I would say is that it was really good practice for going to university because I'd kind of been to a stepping stone of one before I went. Yeah, I can see that. You know, yeah. it was like it was like kinder kinder university. Oh, fuck no. sake. Oh, down the line. We've gone behind. Good We've gone behind. How many times have we seen? 
Quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. At least the last two home games. <laughs> I had you on the first three. Second, second half. Nobody just got fucking done. They go through the line. Even then. Uh, he's going to shoot near post. Yeah. Just round the corner from there is Clarence Park, home of Clarence Park, yeah, amongst other things, the home of St Albans yeah, City. And um, we, I think, we probably arrived with about thirty minutes to kick off. Yeah, something like that. It's a, it was an impressive sight. They brought in all extra floodlights. Yeah, and uh, obviously the BBC were there. Uh, Jason Mohammed, Danny Murphy, and Dion Dublin, who's a very good-looking man, mm-hmm. and. The FA Cup, which I'd never seen before. So I've now been within, I don't know, a a distance of the FA Cup. I was surprised because I thought... I went to a Wimbledon game and and they they had it in the bar there and the FA Trophy. And I had photos. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure... I I, I thought... Pretty sure that I was there oh, well, as well, there you but go. I, I, I remember it as being the FA Cup with just like a tin foil. No, 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 it was because was... AFC Wimbledon have never won the FA Cup. Don't, don't, and start. I will die on don't. that hill. I will yeah. die on that. Hill. Everybody, and I may die on you, that. Hill. You probably will. Yeah, everybody <laughs> in the world accepts this, including people from Milton Keynes. I'm afraid that everyone in the world who accepts it, they're deluded. And, 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 what, and the only person that isn't is you. <laughs> Literally. Yes. The own, literally, <laughs> literally the only, the only yeah. person yeah. on. There's a name for this. I accept that Wimbledon won the FA Cup. That can, I will never deny there's a name that. For, there's a name for this. It's psychosis. Yeah, yeah, we're back to, back to last week. Yeah, we are. Um, we, once we had established our bearings and where we were going to yeah. stand, any chance of any further meaningful, insightful <laughs> conversation was gone? Because... The volume in there was spectacular, and the singing never let up mm. at all. And one, th- I was watching the highlights today. Uh, I was very pleased to see the BBC had sent Robin Cowan, who I think is one of their very best commentators. Yes, yes, she is very good t- to the uh, to the match. And I was disappointed to note that when St Albans scored to their second goal to go two one up, mm. you couldn't hear what I could hear which was a fully-fledged rendition of Do They Know It's Christmas? <laughs> by, by, because, and this is something which, again, I don't think that it necessarily came across on the TV, which is a terrible pity because St Albans City's song is Do They Know It's Christmas? One of. I mean, it's... it's um... it, it, it was an incredible thing. They went through it... A, a, Probably half a dozen times. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't remember the exact origins. Um, <laughs> well, it was Michael I, I Burke. I think I know. I've, I'm pretty certain I know who it was. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, yeah. Jonesy. 
Um, it was either him or Colin, one or the other. Another friend of the podcast. Another another friend of the podcast. And it was one, of, and it started as just just because it's just because it's funny to sing that song, particularly if it's like the middle of August. And or the also, end of March or something you, like you that. You were saying that it was a, a confluence of it being nowhere near Christmas yeah. and St Albans were toilet at the time. So yeah. you had to do something to you keep yourself do, entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we used to drink prodigious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> I mean, never mind whether people got arrested. It's a miracle no one died. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um... Uh, and it was it was good natured, you know. I mean, you you the, you there was probably one or two people who couldn't who 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 didn't necessarily behave particularly well when they when they had a drink or two, and that that was always kind of you know other people well, always dealt with it. But this do they know it's Christmas thing really just came out because it it makes a really good football song. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's anthemic. That's the thing. It it makes a really it's much better as a football song. Oh yeah, because it's, it's anthemic. Yeah, it doesn't it, mean anything. Really. It's catchy. People can sing along. People already know the words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They do change the chorus from "Feed the World" to "Feed the Hemel." Well, but yeah. Obviously. Apart from that, if as long as you are au fait with Band Aid, then you know you're in. Then, yeah, yeah. Because it 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 reaches its peak with tonight. Well, tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you. Yeah. But then it keeps going, which well, is probably was, my favourite thing about it, is that it goes on for so long as well. The, the tragedy was they were just getting to that crescendo. Yeah. When. Um, St Albans scored the goal, so they had to interrupt their incredible rendition. Moving, I need to go back and, and and check the check the sound recording of the game. Yeah, uh, it's. I hope some of it came out, and it, of course, it was difficult to know who else was singing. I, I was was aware that there was singing going on over the other end and down the sides as well. But it's so hard to hear Yeah, when yeah. everyone around you is just yelling and screaming and singing. And Yeah, it's great though. It, it was nonsense. <laughs> it was an incredible atmosphere. I don't know. I didn't see the BBC coverage because, as I may already have mentioned, I was at the game. But I hope that they were complimentary about the atmosphere because it was sensational. I have downloaded it and I have watched a bit of it. And the BBC coverage of it is very good. I'm glad to hear it. I, I, it's on iPlayer. Did they have to... I think that they were going to go back onto the pitch at, at full time to do a summary, but obviously the uh, St Albans fans put the kibosh on that to a certain extent by invading the field. Yeah. The terror in the security man's eyes when he realised exactly what he was up against. I mean, that was... I was. I remember standing there, and I don't know whether I turned round to you and said this or whether I just thought it. Could have been either. But I was literally standing there, and I looked along the... Because we were, like, a couple of steps up. Well, yeah, I mean, no by, by was, the time... No one was standing in front of us. By the time of the the winning goal, we were right down the front. So yeah, you, we mean, had a really good view, a really good view. Like the you know. 
the eagle-eyed amongst you will probably be able to spot us. We were high enough up to be able to, you know, survey the whole pitch with nobody in our way, but low enough down for it to be... I mean, when they scrambled that ball off the line at the start of the second half, I thought yeah. that, 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 went, that went into slow motion. Well, I mean, in terms of the game, we both thought Forest Green are going to have these... Yeah, I um, mean, as they were warming up, and the St Albans fans were cheering or booing or chanting at all the Forest Green players as they did their their shooting warm ups. I thought, yeah, that you, what you're doing now is tugging the tiger's tail to a certain extent. But after quite a reasonable beginning from Forest Green, St Albans just wouldn't go away. They just yeah. clung on. And they clung on. They clung on. And they got they got their goals, and then uh, second half, you know, bit cagey, and then that bloke fell over, giving Sean Jeffers a tap in, and well, the roof came off the bloody place. When when Forest Green went in front in the first place, I thought, oh, oh this could be bad again, yeah. because we've been here before, you know, a brief a brief a brief history. 68 and 80 were the only times like they got they played league teams between about 1928 or something and like 1994 95 yeah it was a remarkable record they just never they never got that far in the cup or never drew them or whatever but then in 1996 they played Bristol City away Lost 9-2. I think it was 2003. Stockport County away. Lost 4-1. I'm doing these from memory so I could be wrong on either of these. Mansfield Town. What year do you reckon that was? Oh, that was uh, maybe 2012. Yeah, anyway. Lost 8-1. Carlisle United, which was about... 2015, 2016, something like that. Lost 5-3. <laughs> now, you know, I'm sure you're seeing the theme here. So it's I think it's a completely understandable reaction to just assume they're going to concede 5, 6 or 7 again. Particularly yeah. when they're playing a team that's clear at the top of League 2 and who's been playing very well so far this season. Yeah. You know, re- realistically... That's that's the measure of it. That's that that's how difficult it was. And I didn't think they had much of a chance.
When the game got into the second half, even though I was really invested in it by that point, I wasn't nervous. No. Because they weren't going to concede four, five or six. They were, that wasn't that definitely wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to embarrass themselves again, which they have done a couple of times before, you know. Yeah. I remember when they were in the match of the day when they lost nine two to Bristol City, <laughs> and I, I think I think they had the piss taken out of them a bit. Wow. And you know, and again when they when we went up to the man that Mansfield game, they did not deserve to lose that game eight fucking one. It was just like every shot that Mansfield took was sailing in. <laughs> was it like 2-1 after about 70 minutes or something? Or something ridiculous. Like My that memories of that game were very hazy. I was yeah. a young, I was a younger man back then and had made some poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but and by the closing stages of the game, you could see it. You could see what was actually playing out rather than what you expected, which was that they'd made a few changes to their team they'd come into this thinking all they needed to do was turn up. They were having an off night and they weren't getting things the way that they were expecting them to go. They were playing a team who were keeping up with them, who were constantly snapping at their heels. And I don't think they were expecting that. No, it was very, it was, it was, well, it was a great cup tie. It was a good old fashioned cup tie. Oh, it was a um, it was a terrific game. There and were, a great, a really good performance by St Albans. The the best I've ever seen from a St Albans team by such a long distance, you would not believe it. touch upon uh, uh, some of the local character at St Albans now I as I say I've, I've been to a number of St Albans games with you and there are people that I recognize now because they're always there mm. but a, pl- a person that we always sort of forget who's sort of on the periphery of the the group that you gravitate towards but mm. again he's always there he's an ever-present is Wolfman? Yeah. Um, Our Wolfman was there, and he, if you if you listen out in the uh, some of the clips that I've I've got of the match in the uh, in the terrace behind the goal, you can hear Wolfman occasionally. If you hear anyone say they don't like it, Upham, for example, or tackle him, that's Wolfman. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. He's he's very good at shouting fairly obvious things. He, he's so called because he does he does look strangely like a strategically shaved werewolf I would say he's more like Teen Wolf as werewolves go yeah, t- he's, yeah teen, teen, the Teen Wolf end of the spectrum 
And he's been going there, I reckon, probably a shade over 30 years. So far as I'm aware, he goes to most, if not all, home and away matches. He's part of a background wallpaper. I can't ever remember going to a St Albans match and him not being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And it's a big part of his life. And I was thinking about that on the way back. And I was thinking about all the rest of them, you know. Because it's it's worth saying we were stood next to Wolfman for the second half. Yeah, we were stood next to Wolfman for the second half. And I was quite happy to be stood next to Wolfman for the second half. Because this is probably one of the most significant moments in his life. And I get to share that with him. Yeah, I mean, you could tell tell how significant it was from the fact that as soon as St Albans got their goal, he started berating the referee to blow up. Yeah, the, the, the worrying thing was that he was shouting it to the players as well. Like, what are you doing? He's just about to blow up. Just, just he, yeah. kick it anywhere. And he, I was he, like, he, no. There's 15 there's, minutes to go. There's still nine minutes to play. <laughs> he hasn't, they haven't even held up the ball. Oh, man. Uh, but God bless him. You know, he's been going down there, like I say. I, I reckon... He probably started going in the late 80s. It might be the early 90s. Um, but he's always been there as far uh, as far as I remember. And those guys, you know, there's a lot of them. And they do some unbelievable work, you know? Well, there's one at every, there's one at every football club. And if you are thinking about it now, about your club, and you can't think of one, it's you. Yeah, there there is that. Yeah, they're the local character sometimes, but generally speaking, you know, never, never has anybody had a love as supreme for anything as these people have for their football teams. Yeah, and you know, the, and they the the the, the guys there have they've um, you know they've done repair work on the ground. They work behind the bar. Um, they've been involved in all sorts of things over the years. And, and the, there aren't many people there who were just mere consumers, you know. I mean, no. I, I, I I did half a season stewarding there one Why? year because they needed stewards. And it was fine because it was like about 1995 and no one was bringing any away supporters. So. I can understand why they needed stewards with your you just, lot around. You just stood stood, stood behind an empty away goal for the whole of the game. And, um, and so everybody's done a stint of doing something or other. All the people have been there for years and years and years. They've got people who deeply, deeply, deeply love that club. And, I, and I'm not sure where I stand on the it's something that supporters of bigger clubs don't understand. I I don't think they could understand how much it means to be on the TV, even now. And it's not the first time they've been on the telly, but it's the first proper time, you know. You did get the feeling that that was something that all of the players even the Forest Green players were cognizant of because yeah. it was so obvious that, you know, there's a rickety commentary gantry swaying in the breeze and additional floodlights being brought in. Yeah, yeah, a it me- was. A media village hu- literally humming outside of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, if you're not used to that environment being an event, 
then for it to suddenly become an event is quite a thing. And what you've got to bear in mind there is that I haven't seen what the TV audience was for this game, but I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised if it was higher than it has been for a few games on Sky this season. What else is on half five on a Sunday afternoon? You know, what are you going to watch? Fucking Songs so, of Praise. Songs of Praise, Highway. Songs of Praise, like a prick. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think necessarily that supporters of big clubs can understand what it's like to see this place that you've seen so many times. I mean, I've been to that football ground more than any other football ground, and I would be surprised if that broken if that if that record was broken over the rest of my life yeah and then to win and then, after and then all to win, that yeah. to take this team that's top top of two divisions above them yeah and not only beat them but actually if you look at it completely straight i think they just about shaded it i think uh, actually i think that that is uh, a pretty fair comment i i, I think that Forest Green were the better team. You could see that they were the yeah, better team, but yeah. they didn't play better on the day. No, they, they, I think St Albans created as, as many chances. They defended heroically at times. The goalkeeper was excellent. The guy I told you to keep an eye on, um, Sean Jeffers, scored the winning goal. He certainly did. They got a bit lucky with it because of the defender's slip. But well, of course, given, so, given a VAR decision, who knows if yeah, that would have stood. Even with that all said, you, they still had to keep their composure between two of them and finish it off. Yep. So, you know, if you're going to tell me that's an easy chance or just plain luck and there was nothing more to it than that, well, let's put you in exactly that situation with all those people screaming at you yeah. and see if you can do it. See if you can do it when Wolfman's telling you just to kick it into touch because yeah. the ref's going to blow up any minute. Yeah. And it's still light. <laughs> and it's still too all. <laughs> that was the... Oh, God, that was the one of the funniest things of the afternoon, actually, was when he was... Um, when he was complaining, weren't he? He was going, I'm going to have to take this time off work to go to the replay. Somebody would be like, shut up, Wolfman, you'll jinx it. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, it's one of those beautiful things. I think one of the, the, the really beautiful things about it is that everybody knows him. And everyone, oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone calls him Wolfman. And I don't, I'm not sure that anyone knows what his real name is anymore. <laughs> I, I certainly don't. Uh, yeah. I, I've never seen anybody being mean to him. I, I, certainly not, not anybody who's anything like a regular. I would say that anyone who was mean to Wolfman would have hell to pay. Yeah, I, I think he probably would have a few people, a few people I think, yeah, stand, standing up for him. And he's, but, a, you know, and he's a wolf as well, so... No, yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. Man can defend himself. With these clubs, to be cast into the spotlight like that is a really surprising thing. And I'm delighted that they're doing well and that they're being healthy. And, you know, and that and the, the, the club is doing well. I'll never live there again. I will never be able to afford to live there again. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, unless I was to get a job that paid colossally 
more than I currently earn. And I'm happy with the amount of money that I earn. And that is a very strange feeling because that is, I've, I've said before that I've had a fairly rootless life which can be divided up almost into exact thirds. It's not quite, the numbers are a bit off. But I've lived 15 years on the South Coast. I lived a total of 15 years in London. And the other 19, St Albans, plus other assorted places. It's because it was such a significant period of my life. It was like kind of, what, 11 till... Um, 31, 32. Yep, you went into it without pubes and came out of it a man. Yeah. Presumably. <laughs> well, there was an accident with a cigarette lighter. That is true. But, you know, but I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's quite the same thing. No. Good luck to all of them and well done all of them. I don't know how many of them will listen to this. I don't know how many of them will hear it. But, you know, you know I have periods when I have been one of them and um, whilst I'm not one of them anymore I do know fully well how much of an effort they go to to support their club and uh, home and away home home and away and they've waited a really fucking long time for this damn straight so um, yeah good luck good luck to all of them yes I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I think so. Say it. Are we done? I think so, yeah. Thank yeah. for that. Right. International Excellent. break next week, so we might, yeah. even, uh, we might even take a sly week off. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I love doing that. International, international breaks don't count. We all know it. And, and I will change my mind. If we can get an exclusive interview with Wolfman or... Um, Alex Scott. I don't I know. Might, we should we should try shit. we should try and come up with something funsies for it. Well, funsies, yeah, we'll try and funsies. find some try and find some football that's yeah something or other. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's it. We're done for this week. You can find me on Twitter at two ht. You can find him at two double zero percent pod. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back again same time next week. Bye-bye.
Camel Hempstead is one of the eight new towns being built around London. Its aim is to house 40,000 people from the metropolis in such a way as to provide them with work and amenities. The River Gade passes through the centre of the town, joins the Bulbourne at Two Waters and flows on towards Watford.